Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. Very happy to have Ed Carroll with us today. Uh, Ed's been involved with a lot of things with regards to information security, but I'll let him um, talk about that. Ed, thank you for joining us, and I'd like to hear a little bit about uh, your past and what you're doing. Yeah, no, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Excited to chat with you today. Certainly appreciate it. And you're right, I'm involved in a number of things in and around the InfoSec world. And uh, one, I'll maybe I'll start really quickly and say that I recently co-founded an organization that uses behavioral science to help better secure small businesses. So that's one piece, which we can certainly dive into at some point a little bit more. That's called Edison Marks, and it's very recent. You know, it's less than six months old. I've also, as Greg, as you know, I've been involved with Montreat College. And for folks that aren't familiar with Montreat College, it's a little Christian liberal arts school in Western North Carolina that a number of years ago made a pivot uh, and added cybersecurity to its program offering and has had tremendous success. It's really kind of an interesting story in itself, a little, little liberal arts school doing cybersecurity, but they've done it really well. Uh, and as a result of that, they've also started the Carolina Cyber Center, which has an academy program. So for folks that aren't seeking to, traditional degree seeking. So I help them there. So I help Montre in the Carolina Cyber Center, Center in a kind of limited capacity advisory. And then I help an email security company in and around DMARC in an advisory capacity called Easy DMARC. And so in and around cybersecurity. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up retreat. That's actually how, how we met. Um, we were uh, doing the vendor boot thing uh, back in 2019, I think it was, and um, just an amazing area out there. Very, very, um, the, the conference last at that point in time, I think this year as well was like in the fall. So you had the nice leaves and all that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that this year the conference is slated for September 22nd, 23rd, somewhere around there. You're, you're spot on. I think there was a just band with the pandemic last year, and, and now they're slating it for that time frame, which I think is slightly different than what it's been in the past, but uh, more information to come on Montreat's retreat, which is always a fun one. And I'm a huge proponent of information security initiatives within, within higher education. We do um, have a, an endowed scholarship for, for VCSO services at Middle Tennessee State University as well, so that's kind of one of our um, missions as well. Um, well, that's, that's, I mean, I, I just, I get amazed at hearing like all these things that you're in. I know we talked about Edison Marks a, a little, little while back. Um, could, could you kind of dive into that a little bit more as far as the AI component? I, I find that absolutely fascinating and, and how, how this can help um, not only small, mid-sized businesses, but also one of the when you and I first talked about it, for example, one of the things I came away from was thinking about how we can apply that to our virtual CISO clients, because um, certainly there's a, it, it helps in that awareness space, but I'll let you talk. Yeah, no, this is something that came about, interestingly, as I was finishing uh, a master's in entrepreneurship class and thinking about a capstone project. So me and my co-founder, Jeremiah Smith, another co-founder that came on Nick Ristoff, who I've worked with for years, who's been in and around email security, um, we noticed that uh, there's a big problem that we saw. And, I, and Greg, you know it. You know this problem well. I bet a lot of listeners know this problem is that, well, we know small businesses are now getting hit at higher rates than large enterprises from a, from a cybersecurity, cyber threat perspective. And for many years, we've continued, and this is 
some of the area I came from, we continued to build enterprise solutions, you know, without the hyper focus on, on small businesses. Now there's great organizations like yours and there's other different types of managed service providers and, and managed security service providers that are helping there and bridge that gap. But um, we know that there's this problem. It's only gonna continue to grow. And we saw an opportunity kind of hiding out in the open. It's kind of sad to think of it as an opportunity, but these small businesses aren't aware of this, right? That they're being targeted. And even if they know they're being targeted, they don't know where to turn to. Um, and so a lot of places they have folks like you that they can come to if they know, right? If they know. Uh, but uh, so we thought about Edison Marks and the behavioral science aspect, because we're seeing a lot of behavioral science being used for good for, for health issues, you know, to help nudge folks and make the right decisions from a health perspective, money and financial. And they haven't quite started diving too deep into cybersecurity. So we said, there's an opportunity to leverage some things, some tried and true behavioral science methods to help proactively go out to these small businesses to help them become aware, not to scare them. We don't want to use scare. We don't want to use fear tactic. Help them understand there's opportunities to help them become a little bit more secure. It's a very different approach than anything we've seen uh, in the market today. Well, I know one of the biggest challenges with small and mid-sized businesses, you touched on it, is like, even if they're aware that, that there's an issue, uh, so many times we come across uh, folks thinking that as a small and mid-sized business, they're really not a target. And, and, and I love the fact that you, you brought that to the forefront, that it's actually the opposite around, that um, they're... Sometimes it seems like that the larger corporations, they've done so much with their enterprise protection. And so the bad guys are going to go to the, the point of least resistance. And typically that's a small and mid-sized business. And, um, and some of these small and mid-sized businesses, they provide services for the larger businesses as well. And so then conversely, you're seeing the larger businesses wanting to understand that the small business has their security posture in place. So um, I totally agree with you. The, the, the awareness aspect with regards to um, just understanding that there's a threat out there and then also understanding what, what you can do to, to help mitigate it. It's not just people, it's people process technology and all that. So that's, that's exciting stuff. I, I wanna make sure that um, at the end that we, we definitely, um, well, let me know the website right now and then we'll, we'll touch back on it hopefully at the end. What's the website uh, for Edison Marks? Yep, it's, it's edisonmarks.com, and uh, we'll be kind of expanding on the website for folks to understand, because we, we made a pivot pretty early on where we wanted to help these small businesses, and then we pivoted to allow service providers to kind of white label this solution. So you'll get some basic information on Edison Marks, but as I mentioned, we're pretty new and just starting some beta testing, so come, come, talk, come chat with us. We're happy to talk through our approach. So I, I love the fact that you're involved in so many things, but I have to ask, um, what is your motivation? I, I, it's, it's information security. It, it can be um, all aspects of it can be, can be stressful. You're trying to solve a problem that sometimes is almost unsolvable, but there's also a lot of reward. So, so what drives Ed in this space? Yeah, you know, it's interesting and you probably can appreciate this. Uh, when I was younger, I, when I went off to school, I had a ROTC scholarship. I looked pretty closely at the military academies and Ooh. thought about going to West Point and went and looked at Citadel, but I took a ROTC scholarship. But at the time I was just too immature. I really needed the military actually probably to help structure me better. But taking a ROTC scholarship is different than going to military academy, going to Citadel. So I took a ROTC scholarship 
and um, and I probably needed more of that discipline. And so I've always looked back and kind of thought like, hey, have I been able to to be able to help out in in, in some form or fashion that contributes wealth to society? And so I missed that, right? I ended up dropping out of the ROTC scholarship program and I didn't join the military. And sometimes I look back and I think, hey, did, you know, what, what way could I serve, right? And so cybersecurity and, and what we're doing here is kind of helps fill that gap a little bit. And it really started even more once I first started having kids 10 years ago. And I've got four kids and they're my why. But um, it's it makes me feel good to be able to tell my kids, like, hey, I help protect. I try to do things to help protect in some form. My little ways, if there's ways that I can help protect. So it's altruistic more in nature, this space. For me. I, you know, I, I tell people there's a very simple, when people ask me, what, what have you done, Greg, to, to be successful in the virtual CISO space? And, you know, of course, I mean, success, I, I don't know how you would define it, but, but I think the answer is very simple. This is what, this is what I tell them. The, the secret to business success, so you're going to hear it right now, is if so long as you have a heart of a servant, you're always going to be successful. And the kicker behind that is that the measure of success is not sometimes in traditional what people think about success, dollars, notoriety, you know, those sorts of boats and yachts and whatever. But every day I have the same satisfaction. I know that in a small, small way, I'm, I'm helping to make a difference. And, and I love to hear that from, from other folks in the space. Um, so we talked a little bit about awareness for small and mid-sized businesses as a threat. But if you could quantify, um, maybe, maybe it's expanding on that, or maybe there's something else that, um, from your point of view, what is the most predominant information security threat that a small and mid-sized business faces today? Yeah, there's, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I, I like to follow Roger Grimes. I don't know if he's a listener here, but he's a super guy. And he likes to talk about social engineering as probably being one of the biggest things. Um, and, uh, and so, and we know we see a lot of data that comes in that still a lot of these threats are coming from email, email security, which also probably coming from a social engineering perspective. And so I, you know, I do kind of, I can agree. I can kind of agree with some of those things. It's just kind of lack of awareness of doing the basics and fundamentals. Like, I like this old African proverb for folks that read Tom Friedman's The World is Flat. That's where I got that from. It talks about the lion and gazelle. Are you familiar with the lion and gazelle? The lion wait, uh, Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and knows it must run faster than the slowest lion or risk being eaten. But then every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and Knows it must, must run faster than the slowest gazelle, risk starving to death. And it's, can we help some of those gazelles that are really slow with the basics and fundamentals? And can we help, you know, raise the just speed of the herd in general to try to keep them away from these, we call them the, the lions in Africa, maybe it's the hackers in Africa or wherever they are. Like, can we just help them with some basic and fundamentals, just be a little bit faster, just a little bit more awareness? And yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, I, I did an impromptu um, episode of the virtual CISO moment a couple of days ago while I was on a business trip. I was, uh, had Fox News on and was watching uh, uh, an interview with regards to what you need to do. I think it was Fox, maybe it was CNN. But anyway, the, the whole thing was what, what do you need to do as a, as a business now to protect yourself? Uh, because of the world situation that uh, with Russia and Ukraine and all that. And I had this intense push of sadness 
where it's like, the reason why I felt sad was that you should be doing this anyway now. Don't wait for when something bad happens. And then when the bad is gone, don't, don't, don't fall off on it. So it's amazing that I've been in this space for, well, I've been in IT and information security, if you count the IT part. InfoSec really didn't exist when I started uh, for over 30 years, but the same basic things of, 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 of you know, stop, think, connect, or think before you click, those sorts of things. I mean, you can't out-tool that, so. Um, Maybe you expand on that a little bit, because this is where I think this problem's been, because we see folks have looked to monetize and take advantage of the cybersecurity space, and there's no need to name names, but we know there's companies that are building some, you know, big platforms that cost tons of money and say, oh, this is eye-opening, and we blow past those basics and fundamentals to level set, and you know, get people going in the right direction. Well, and, and you, you touched upon something that I was about to that I was about to segue into, so so I appreciate that about the challenges that SMBs face. They the whole the whole concept of like buying like the next big tool. Um, frequently, what we find with our clients is that they they have tools, but they don't know how to use them, or they know how to use them, but they don't have the resources to use them. And so, it, uh, you, getting through the to quote like an old boss of mine, the sales mumbo jumbo stuff. <laughs> to like what is this actually doing and, and, and what do I need on my side in order to make that work, I think is a huge, huge um, issue for small and mid-sized businesses. Um, so you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, do, do, do you want to touch on DMARC at all? Uh, just explain a little bit what that does. Yeah, DMARC's been around for, for oh gosh, close to 10 years now. It's starting to catch more momentum. Email authentication, this is another just kind of basic best practices um, built on top of SPF and, and DKIM. Mm -hmm. And another example where I think just some basic and fundamentals for a lot of folks, especially small businesses, can go a long way. Really, the premise of it is if you're not doing it, can really help uh, make sure you're authenticating your sources of people who are going to send on behalf of you. So when you're walking around in a trade show, as for instance, you says, my name's, you're shaking hands and saying, I'm Ed Carroll. Your name tag says I'm Ed Carroll too, right? Like it's, it's all aligned. It's not like I'm going up and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm Greg Schaefer," and my name tag says I'm Ed Carroll, right? So properly authenticate, and it's it's good good best practices to be doing to do DMARC, and we're starting to see where there's been some some mandates and compliance things put in place for folks to start doing it, and it's you know it's pretty low cost best practice to put in place. This is a completely random, almost unrelated thought. But when you're talking about the name tags, um, I always would put a name tag on, on my left, uh, my left breast, and that's typically what folks do it. But um, a uh, person that I worked for uh, many, many years ago, he said, he asked me, he's like, "What are, are you left-handed?" I said, "No, I'm right-handed," and I had no idea what he was asking me back. He's like, "Well, you should put it on your right breast." I'm like, yeah. "Why?" And the visual is that if you extend your hand for a handshake, you're pushing your name tag forward. One of those little things in life that forever changed what I do now from a behavioral science thing, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It's, I think, sometimes getting people to understand what makes sense, the why you're doing something, just as opposed to the what you need to do is how it really penetrates. And literally, I'll, I'll give credit to the, to the gentleman who told me, uh, Jim Ayers, who's the uh, um, owner, uh, chair, well, not complete owner now anymore because they went IPO, 
of uh, First Bank. He told me that probably 10, 12 years ago. Uh, so it's always stuck with me. Um, so August, with you <laughs> there you go. I have now infected you. That's um, right. So all this stuff going on, uh, other future plans in InfoSec that you want to want to touch on or just steady as she goes? Steady as she goes, but I'll mention, I, I really would call out uh, the Carolina Cyber Center as they're, it's a nonprofit. It's doing good things, trying to, trying to, you know, help with that gap in cybersecurity talent. And um, they've got some, they've got a virtual academy coming up in April. So something for folks to take a peek at the Carolina Cyber Center. It's, it's run by some really wonderful people and, um, and they're there to help too, right? With the workforce shortage around cybersecurity talent. So, and, and what's their website or just Google? Uh, or I, I don't like to say Google. I'm like internet search it. Internet search it. <laughs> CarolinaCyberCenter.com. And I know you're in Tennessee, but again, they have a they have a full time program uh, that is running that will be virtual starting in April. It's a really good program, um, and for folks to have interest in in so, or maybe a lot of your listeners might be more security practitioners. If you're looking or if you have friends that you're getting into the space or help getting into the space, it could be an angle for them to go get some tech, some certifications, but also some real hands-on experience as well. That's part of the thing. They got a cyber range. They've got some good stuff in the program. Oh, very good, very good. Last question, and I, this is my favorite about decompressing. So again, getting back to InfoSec and all this stuff about things are uh, very stressful in life. What, what's one of your favorite things that you like to do for decompressing? I don't know if I consider decompressing, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've got four kids. So I have a 10-year-old, almost seven-year-old, a almost three-year-old, and a seven-month-old. And so uh, my downtime might be to go shoot some hoops if I can have time. It's really to play with kids and hang with, with, hang with my wife. This afternoon, we'll probably, I'll cut off a little bit early to go take the kids for a bike ride while we go walk at the Biltmore Estate. And that's my decompressing, spending time with the family. That's no, awesome. That's a probably if the weather is like it is there in, in where you're at compared to like in Tennessee right now, it's like it's nice, it's warm, beautiful day. We're getting snow tonight, go figure. It's springtime in Tennessee. Um, but uh, but that's just the way it is. So hey Ed, listen, I, I really appreciate you joining us and, and catching up. Uh, it's it's been a wonderful conversation. I think you you provided us some really good um, information and feedback. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Greg. No, appreciate it. Thank you. And for everybody else out there, thanks for listening and stay secure.